This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Three Lions podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England supporters podcast. Been a bit busy recently. The Euro 2020 draw episode which features a chat with David Seaman and also the episode with the former England striker Clive Allen where we had an interview with him. They are still both available to download at your usual podcast provider and also 3lionspodcast.com. There's also been a busy time for supporters lately, with Euro 2020 ticket applications open for travel club members. I've done mine all through the UEFA website. Appears to be straightforward. Don't think I've made any mistakes. And I must admit, it was a little cheaper than I'd previously envisaged. That fans first option, which is available for the semi and the final, both fairly reasonable prices, should we get there. So, keeping my fingers crossed for good news come January. Also, Denmark-friendly tickets purchased from March, uh, which came with a nice little Christmas card, first one of the year, uh, or first one of the season, I should say. We're just waiting for that other March-friendly to be announced. Also booked flights for Austria away, as it was announced we're going to play in Vienna as a warm-up game on the 2nd of June. And then we've got Romania at home on Sunday the 7th. Although it is at home, it will be away from Wembley. So we're going to be on the road again, which is something I'm looking forward to. Just waiting to see whereabouts it'll be. Now, on to this episode. Back in October last year. I sat down with former England physio Gary Lewin for a chat about his time with the Free Lions. Now he's since opened up his own clinic, the Lewin Clinic, with his cousin and former colleague Colin Lewin. Now we sat down to discuss what happens now, now that England have qualified for a major tournament, what happens from a physio's point of view. And he also gave me the opportunity to take a look around his fantastic clinic, all adorned with England memorabilia. This is our conversation. That gives me great pleasure to welcome back to the Three Lions podcast, former England physio, Gary Lewin. Hello there. Hello mate, how are you? Thanks for having me back again. No, thank you for inviting me. Well, you've invited me to the brand new Sparkling Lewin Clinic, which we'll uh, we'll get on to very soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very proud of it. But, so you were England physio um, between 96 and 2017, um, and a great person to really ask, now the draw's been done, what happens now from, from your point of view, and... And anyone else's that you may know? Yeah, I mean, once you know that you've qualified and the draw has been made, um, you then know where you're playing, you know your pathway to the final. And this is where a lot of the hard work begins. So in the European Championships I did, I did four of them. 
Um, it's no different to a World Cup, obviously, but just closer to home. Um, that you're, you would be sitting down and you'd be having planning meetings. So the guys at the FA now, so Steve Kemp, the lead physio, and um, Rob Chakavarti, the, the, the team doctor, um, along with a lot of their support staff, uh, Gareth, the coaching staff, the logistics staff, the team operations, the security, the media, the marketing. They would, uh, we were used to at the boardroom at Wembley. I'm sure they do at the boardroom at St. George's Park now. They would have initial meetings to discuss. Probably the first thing they would discuss is the program, the domestic program from now until the championships. So we know what games are taking place um what players what number of games players have got and when different parts of the season would finish for different players let me just enlarge on that slightly the biggest dilemma you've got we all know when the league season finishes um but what you don't know is what players from the England camp will be involved in the FA Cup final what players from the England camp may be involved in the Champions League final. Which was an issue last year before the Nations League. Exactly, it? and we had it in the year that Man United played Chelsea. I think went to penalties that year. Um, and so we were missing half our squad. So you, you, you'd be planning now of, and they'd probably be working from a list of 35 to 40 players. It's their, 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 their provisional squad. Um, you always get one or two that come off radar at the last minute. I remember Theo Walcott coming in early doors one year. Uh, Jack Wiltshire was another one. Wayne Rooney was another one. Um, who were young players that suddenly broke into um, the, the Premier League uh, and therefore broke into the England squad. So you often get one or two that come off radar, but in general, 95% of your possible squad you're already monitoring. So once you've got a domestic playing plan of all the different scenarios, you then would probably discuss a provisional squad and not so much the general people in the FA, but definitely the, the coaching and the medical staff would then get a provisional squad. You would then want to monitor those players till the end of the season. So the, what you'd do is get out to the clubs. So you'll be doing club visits on a weekly basis, spending a morning or a whole day with a club, talking to the medical staff, not necessarily seeing the players because you don't want to interfere with their day-to-day programs or, or routines, but you're sitting with the medical staff. So what are their current problems? What are their, their big issues? And um, what could they foresee becoming an issue in the next nine months before the tournament's played? Um, what are their daily monitoring um, procedures that they do at clubs? Because every club does it in a different way. Um, what rehab programs have they got? What prehab programs have they got? What are their dietary nutritional needs? Um, do they take any supplements? Um, what are their sleeping patterns like? And you're, you're trying to build up this complete profile of a player. Mm. Um, so by the time you, you are playing in the summer, you really know every small detail about that player's welfare. On that planning um, meeting as well, what you've got to remember is you would know that you might have two friendly matches in March, for example. You would then discuss what friendly matches you want before the championship start. Now, that will then discuss, okay, where would the championship be? Next year is a slightly different yeah. because most of them are in England anyway. So, okay, but what friendlies do you want? Do you want to... I, I see for the qualifying stages... 
one of the games might be in Copenhagen, one of the games might be in Rome. I think one's in St. Petersburg. Yeah, uh, these are the, the knockout. The games. knockout. So, but so what you might do, you might say, okay, why don't we play Italy in a friendly? They're not going outside of the group. Try and get the game in Rome. So you're, you're doing your prep to, to get people ready. That may not be possible. I know before the World Cup in Brazil, our first game in Manaus, we went to Miami. Um, sometimes it's a commercial decision. Sometimes it's a football decision. But it would all go into the planning of what you're doing. So that's on, on the player side. Yeah. On, on a departmental side, so the medical team would discuss was some medical team they had at the World Cup in Russia. Would it be the same medical team? Do they need to add to it? Has anyone left? Are there any components of the medical team that they felt they fell short on um, when they were away last time? And it might be nutritional input. It might be podiatry. It might be shropody. It might be osteopathy. Wow. It, it could be any part of the welfare of a player. I'll be gobsmacked if they didn't have it all covered in Russia and it's the same staff that are going to do the European Championships. But you never know. It, it, it changes tournament to tournament. Um, then you go into, um, okay, from a purely medical point of view, you then would do a recce to the venues. So again, next year slightly different. Traditionally, what you would do is you would get a base camp. So in Russia, um, they had St. Petersburg, yeah. and that was, their, that was their base camp. So once you get your base camp, and I'd imagine this probably will be St. George's Park, it may be in London. I'm not quite sure what they're planning uh, for next year. But once you've decided what your training centre will be, your, your base camp, then from a medical point of view, you, you write emergency action plans. So if somebody broke a leg or somebody had a cardiac arrest at the training ground, how would you deal with it? What's the ambulance position? How, what's the time to the hospital? What hospital do you use? What are the specialists at the hospital? And you go and meet them. I mean, the irony from a personal experience was I'd done the EAP emergency action plan for Manaus in Brazil. And in, I think it was a February time, we flew out there with a dark. We met the, the, uh, the, the lead admin guy at the hospital in Manaus. We met the orthopedic surgeon who I've met a few times. He's come over to England for conferences since. I knew, we knew the radiographer and we knew the pathway from the, the stadium to the hospital, how long it took, right. where you'd go, what the apartment looked like. And, and you do all this. So if it happens to a player, you know exactly what's going to happen. So, of course, ironically, it happened to me. <laughs> and uh, so I'm on, I'm on the ambulance. I know where we're going. When we get there, I know the name of the people that we're meeting. And uh, I remember seeing the orthopedic surgeon and saying, yeah, 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 it's not a player, it's me. Uh, and... And so you know, you, you, you're, it's no different to how you would be if you were in England. Now, obviously, next year, they've got this big this advantage. There's a whole multitude of places, though. Yeah, well, no, but a lot of the games are at Wembley. Yeah. So what they would do for next year's tournament, as I said to you, I think five, if, when they win it next year, because I think they will, um, the five games, uh, the seven games they need to win it, five games are at Wembley. Yeah. So all those plans will already be in place because all their games are at Wembley. Their base camp will either be one they've used before for Wembley, which um, is around London. I won't say it in case people don't know. Um, or St George's Park, which everybody knows. I would imagine it would be St George's Park. They've already got their EAPs already. So a lot of their work would already be done for next year. But what they will now do is look at the four venues for the knockout stages, which I believe, as I said, I think it's Rome, St Petersburg, 
Dublin, uh, Dublin and Copenhagen. Copenhagen. So St. Petersburg, they've ticked that box because they were there 18 months yeah. ago. So they might just revisit it and make sure it's the same people. They might fly out to Copenhagen. They might fly to Rome. They might go to Dublin and do a day recce, go to the local hospital, see what the AP is, who's at the... Because when you play in a tournament, the organisers, FIFA or UEFA, de- de- delegate a, a liaison, medical liaison officer who's in charge of all the medicine in that area. So you'd meet that person. Who is it? Get to know them. Get contact details. So there's a lot of work that goes in. You just don't sit back for nine months and wait no. for the team to arrive. There's a lot of work that goes into it before you, you go there. Wow. So much more than you would yeah, behind yeah, the scenes. No, exactly. Do. Exactly. There's a lot of planning goes in. Yeah. And so you, you've said there that you, you think or you, you think we can win it. Yeah. What, what do you make of the draw that, that came out last week? <laughs> I've been in football long enough to know that whatever the draw is, you have to deal with it. I've been involved in tournaments where we've had what on paper is slightly easier draws and we've made hard work of getting out of the group. Um, I've had years where we've had really difficult draws and we've got out of the group. Other years where we've had difficult draws, um, I mean, Brazil was actually... we Our first two games were against teams that were seeded higher than us, ranked higher than us. So they were hard games. But as with everything, the expectation builds. And so the draw was made. I see that we were made favourites straight away because of the way the draw was. Um, at the end of the day, it's a bit like any tournament. It's not always going to be the favourites that win it. It's the most consistent team that are going to win it. And traditionally, and up until Russia, um, we've never been consistent enough in a tournament. And... Um, the ones we have were obviously 66 when we won it. I was two then. Um, but the more recent ones, 1996 when they got to the semi-finals. Um, obviously in Russia when they got um, two to the semi-final as well. Um, it, it's who is the most consistent. Uh, and that you won't know until the tournament gets going. Going back to, to your European Championships experience, you said you're involved in four I think, yeah, I did. I did Holland and Belgium, I did Portugal, Poland and Ukraine, and my last one was France in 2016. Was there any that particularly stand out for you work-wise? They've all got their different memories. Um, Holland and Belgium probably stands out for me because we went through the playoff group. Um, So we were very late qualifying, which meant we were left behind a little bit. A lot of the main training camps, the better training camps had gone. But we went to a place called Spa, um, better known more for motor racing. And um, so we were a bit later than other teams in doing in, in our preparation. And when we got there, um, we, we, we started badly, obviously, against, against Portugal. But then we had a great win against Germany, which nobody expected us to do. Everyone went in the last game, we only needed a point. And of course, we were going to go through. And then David Seaman does his hamstring in the warm-up. So Nigel Martin fills in at the last minute. And then um, the current women's manager, Phil Phil Neville, um, unfortunately gave away a penalty in injury time and we lost 3-2 and, and, then, and then you're out. So the memories of that one was big disappointment in the way we went out. And then probably Portugal was the, the one most remembered. Um, obviously, that was Wayne Rooney's one, but that's when he picked up his fifth metatarsal fracture. Um, and and I, even now, I'm convinced that if he had stayed fit, we could have won it. I mean, at the time, I thought we could have won it anyway. During, um, or he picked that up during 
during the game. Yeah, yeah. Did you know as soon as you went on to to treat him? No, the, the, the fifth metatarsal fractures are really difficult ones to pick up, and that they're, they're normally they're normally not they're not normally traumatic, as in a single instance kicks them off. Fifth metatarsal fractures are normally what we call stress lesions, so that you overload the bone and it bruises, you overload it more and you get a stress fracture, you overload it more and it snaps. But in the first two stages, there's no symptoms. So you don't actually know it's going on. And I remember in the game was, um, he, he went over on his ankle running into the penalty box and he tried to run it off. Then he came over to the touchline. As soon as we saw him on the touchline, we knew he had to come off. Um, so he, 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 that was the end of his tournament. Um, so yeah, that, that was a, that was a difficult one because we were doing quite well. And eventually, um, again, another one that we go out on penalties on, which again is another massive disappointment to all that work and to go out on penalties is, is hard to take. Do you have an involvement in when if like the, the game's finished and we're going to penalties? What's, what's your role? Do you have a role there? Um, my role is you'd go on the pitch and make sure the 11 that finished the game um, might need a massage, haven't got any injuries, um, because then they've got to take a penalty. Um, I mean, technically, if you, you can report a player injured and pull them out of the penalty shootout, but then the opposing team has to drop someone out. Um, okay. Never had it in a penalty shootout where we've done that. I've had it in a penalty shootout when a player had been sent off before in right. that game. So the opposing team have to drop one player out. Um, and I've had it where um, a player has been injured um, and we finished the game with 10 men, not with England, that was at club level. And so a person's had to pull out the penalty shootout. So again, you'll you're often see us making sure they're hydrated. The coach will be talking football, who's taking the penalties or whatever. And you might see a few massages going on, a few legs being lifted in the air to try and get the, the, the blood back to the heart, just to try and get them to recover. Do you have to try and be a bit sort of subtle and out of the way you, the you don't yeah you stay because at the moment they're focused on the penalties you, mm. you stay out of the way and, and just look at things going on around and go in and help when you can but you stay out of the way and and I was a bit superstitious I never used to watch the penalties so I used to either turn around or, or go down the tunnel um, not that it done us any good because we lost them anyway so uh, that superstition definitely didn't work <laughs> and and 2012 um, 2012 pound in Ukraine um, yeah I mean probably the, the weirdest one of that was Ray Clements rupturing his Achilles in the warm up Ray Clements was the goalkeeping coach Ray Clements the goalkeeping coach when he was a player at Tottenham and Liverpool he had, he had ruptured his Achilles before and he had it repaired but he re-ruptured it in the warm up just spontaneously ruptured doing nothing so again he experienced what I experienced in Brazil in the, it, the AP kicked in you get me to hospital right. and you're getting done and, and it's, it all goes like clockwork and then probably the last one, um, um, I mean, the other one about Poland and Ukraine is the travelling. That's the one I remember about that because we based ourselves in, in um, Poland, but our games were in the Ukraine and uh, they were they were long trips. Still think it was the right thing to do because the facilities were much better in Poland. And if we had gone through to the later stages, it would have been better. It would have been better for us, but uh, unfortunately it didn't work out that way. And then sadly, the, the biggest memory of 2016 is the way we went out to Iceland and the fact it was my last game. And I knew it was going to be my last game because they'd actually had a re medical restructuring in October 2015. Myself and the doc and a lot of the backroom staff had already been told that we were being made redundant after the tournament. So we went into the tournament knowing it was our last tournament no matter what. 
and of course when you go out then it's that's that was 20 years 234 games 20 years working and it ended so not only was it the disappointment of going out the way we did yeah. it was also the realisation that my England career finished as well so yeah it, it was that was that was a really difficult time really difficult time so England career over 2016 yeah and here we are at the Lewin Clinic 2019 or, or bordering on yeah. 2020 so should we go and have a look at the facilities you've got here yeah so the vision we had is to try and bring um, what elite footballers get or elite athletes get to the public and uh, so you've got obviously the medical rooms next door so say you come in this morning with an injury this me uh, Joe Public yeah Joe Public you can book in and uh, so we'll do an assessment and uh, a diagnosis if we needed imaging or uh, a consultant on orthopedic opinion we've got a referral pathways into the three local private hospitals and we can get you in within 24 hours more than likely for imaging we'll get you in the same day and then we, we work out your acute stage physiotherapy and then your longer term rehabilitation. And that's the unique thing about this place because when you walk across the corridor, you come into a very, very good oh, wow. uh, rehab gym. So this isn't designed for your usual gym people. This is purely for rehab. So this section here is what we call tendon corner. So it's where we do all the tendon work. Then we've got the shoulder corner. We're doing the shoulder work. You've got the S&C section. You've got the running track with a sled, so you can get people running up and down here. Oh, right, I see. Work. And because it's an astral turf, you can actually do running drills on it. We've got the Pilates equipment for the functional movements. And at this end, we've got the CV stuff, so if we've got to get back to fitness. So, so would this be a smaller scale of what you'd find at a Premier League football club? You'll be actually surprised to say this is probably as good as quite a few premiership Really? Players. Not the bigger ones. The bigger mm. ones blow it out of the water. Of but, um, yeah, some of the smaller clubs would be delighted to have this sort of facility. So that's, that was our vision when we, set this, when we decided to go together and set the Lewin Clinic up, that we wanted to bring the environment that elite athletes work in to Joe Public. So we will see the weekend warriors, we'll see the marathon runners... The local tennis players, we're about to do a partnership with Chigwell Golf Course. And we're going to do golf assessments on all their members. There's an equestrian centre at the end of the road. Um, there's a water park opposite. So they do sailing, a lot of water uh, sports. So yeah, it's going to be a multi-sport um, rehabilitation stroke physiotherapy centre. So we've only been open four weeks, so we're gradually building up everything now. Has that meant you've had to chain or go on some courses to learn about say sailing injuries no 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 no, not really as such because over the years between us me and Colin have been on a lot of courses now in medicine a lot of the CPD is based on joint injuries so whether it be the knee whether it be the shoulder whether it be the back and the sport is secondary to that so what you find is if you've got a great understanding of the sport it helps you to work in the sport but actually devising rehabilitation programs for people whatever sport they're in is still with the same principles right so yes we are going to learn yes we are going to develop as physios working with other sports people um but the actual concepts and principles should be the same and that's what we want to try and get over because the biggest 
problem we've got to get over is with all our years of experience working in football, this isn't a football centre. This isn't a sports injury centre for footballers. Mm. This is a multi-sport rehabilitation physiotherapy centre. And that's the biggest message we've got to get out there. I mean, we've had, we have people phoning up and sometimes me and Colin will answer the phone and uh, they think this is the Lewin Clinic run by other people. They right. actually don't realise it's me and Colin working here. And that's part of the marketing that we've got to get over. We've got to get over that perception that this is just another physiotherapy centre. And, and just to, to clarify, Colin's your cousin. Colin's my cousin. A lot of people call him my brother, um, but he's not. Um, he's my cousin um, from the dad side of my family. But we've worked together for over 20 years. Yeah, so, you, you yeah. were both at Arsenal. And we he, both t- at Arsenal. he took over your role, didn't he? Yeah, I brought him in to Arsenal as my number two in 95, um, when I first, just before I first started working with England. And then when I left in 2008, he stepped up to be the lead physio. Was this always the dream? I always felt that I was going to go into private practice. And when I came out of England in 2016, I went into private practice for a year, but with other companies. Um had the bug to stay in football still and I went and worked with the Arsenal women for six months and uh, in their summer season um, which I really really enjoyed then the opportunity came up to go to West Ham for a year and I did a one year contract at West Ham and that finished in 2018 the same time it was a bad month for the Loons that month the same time that West Ham didn't renew my contract in the May Colin um, was made redundant by Arsenal and uh, obviously we're cousins and we're close friends, so we'd kept in touch. And we'd spoken sort of generally about uh, when we both get kicked out of football, what we're going to do. And uh, we'd come up with the idea of doing this. So for me, I'd been out of the game for a year again. Um, and so it was, a, it was a bit fresher for me. For Colin, he'd just been made redundant and leaving Arsenal. It was a bit raw and he wanted a few months just to see what came up, if any other work came up. And um, so we got to about October 2018 and uh, decided we're going to go for it. So we had some unbelievable advice from Arsene Wenger, David Dean and Dick Law, people that we all work with at Arsenal, none of them which are Arsenal now. And they came up with the encouragement, the vision and more importantly, the business plan. Because me and Colin are physios, we're not business people. And... um, and that's when it started. And it's taken a year. It took a year to the day from us having our first planning meeting to finding the building, getting the investors, getting the money on board, refurbing the building, getting it the way we like it. Um, and, and as you're seeing by your tour today, getting the visions of how we actually want it to run. So, yeah, it's been it's been an eventful year. Um, and we're just up and running now. And we're really, really proud of it. We really think with with the vision we what we had we've achieved so we've now got to make it work this is now where we've got to get on with the work and make it work and it's not sort of global you're, you're really looking local well. well local is our big market i mean i mean we've had some fantastic national press um with both our contacts and very very humbled by some of the re, the, the responses we've had and we had our opening launch street um two weeks ago and um, we had David Seaman there, Alan Smith there, Perry Groves, Ray Parler, Jack Wiltshire. So we were very, yeah, yeah, we were very blessed um, to, to for those guys to come along. And um, the memorabilia we've got in the place is an assortment of both our careers. Um, and 
but it's not just a football centre. It, it, this is a multi-sport uh, sports injury clinic, and uh, that's the biggest thing that we're trying to, to get over. And that bread and butter would be our local market, and it's one of the reasons why we chose where we are in Essex because it's we thought central London was saturated, but where we are now, it's accessible um, on the underground and by car, and so it was the ideal place for us. So it's got to make it work now. So this is a yeah, it's a different after being employed all my life in football now to be the boss and actually uh, be the employer um, it's um, it's it's a weird feeling but yeah we're enjoying it and looking forward for it to get getting bigger and better well I wish you all the very best thank you very much and Merry Christmas to you Merry Christmas to you and looking forward as I'm sure all your listeners are and all all the England fans looking forward to next summer don't want to put any pressure on but they've got a great chance and it's going to be so exciting and wouldn't it be great to see him come back to Wembley and uh, actually lift uh, get that get that long weight off our backs? Let's hope so. Gary Loon, thank you very much. Pleasure, thank you. There we go. Thank you for listening. Perhaps, like me, you just didn't appreciate what actually happens behind the scenes once England have qualified for a tournament. So thank you to Gary for his time and the explanations behind it all. The clinic is a great place, a really nice, calm environment and somewhere where you can get those sports injuries treated. You can find more about it at lewinclinic.co.uk. They're also on Twitter and Instagram at the Lewin Clinic, L-E-W-I-N-C-L-I-N-I-C. As always, we are also on the socials. Please do give us a follow, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and a nice thumbs up on your podcast provider, please. One more episode before the year is out, and that will be our look back over 2019, where I'm hoping to be joined by some regulars from the past year, who tell me their highlights of the year, and there's plenty of them. So looking forward to that. But until then, cheers. Cheers.